What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 12 of season one in Batman News Weekly. I'm going to tell you right up the start, this seems like it's going to be a very comic book heavy show, but don't fret. We actually do have some Batman movie news of a confirmation of a new actor coming into the fray, and it is Commissioner Gordon. And uh, yeah, Clay, how do you feel? We've already kind of known this for a while, but uh, how do you feel about the, the Gordon? It's weird because, you know, Matt Reeves has been, you know, sharing on Twitter every single time he confirms a character, he has a GIF. I believe he put a GIF out when Wright was, you know, announced the first time. And this time he just said the word tweet and then did another GIF again of Wright. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, it's confirmed. And I was like, I thought it was already confirmed a month ago. This is why I'm a little confused. Did he but- put one out, though? I think he did. I don't like, think he did. You know what? Let me yeah. Check okay, so real I'll I'll talk while you look. So yeah, so um, so this was we've actually talked about it on the podcast before. We talked about the rumor that Jeffrey Wright was being cast as Gordon, but now this is a confirmation from Matt Reeves himself, and he does this. He's done it with every character so far that has been cast in his movie. He did it with Riddler, did it with Catwoman, did it with Batman, and now we're getting Jeffrey Wright. And um, this is going, like I said, this does confirm that there is going to be a black Commissioner Gordon. And most likely, that would lead to a black Batgirl. So, um, you can't say that, you know, Matt Reeves isn't trying to be diverse in his movie. Although, in my opinion, it's not diverse when it's just black and white actors. But I'm kind of hoping, because there was a rumor a long time ago, that Oscar Isaac met with WB for a role in the Batman. I'm really hoping it's Two-Face. But we'll have to wait and see on that. Clay, did you get confirmation? Uh, he actually did not. So yeah, that's, that's my, you know, I th- I thought he actually did. But I guess it was a whole bunch of other people that were just, like, putting gifts out there and, yeah. like, getting hyped up. Because he, he, you know, has a pretty serious role in the show Westworld right now, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Which I don't even know if that's come back since it's, like, season two. There's, like, long gaps between that show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um. But yeah, I've never seen him in anything. I've heard he's a phenomenal actor, and it just seems like Matt Reeves is trying to knock it out of the park with every casting in this movie. And so it looks like we're gonna get, you know, I don't want to say like Oscar-worthy movie. We're not gonna get a, you know, I don't think we're gonna get a Joker, but I do think we're gonna get a cinematic, serious movie in the Batman with the Batman. And oh, I, I, I believe so, and I'm really excited to see something that isn't like it's it. I feel like I'm going to put my foot in my mouth for saying, mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to see action. Don't get me wrong. Whenever there's a Batman film, I definitely want to see action. Yeah. But like, you know, we've been hearing that this possibly being a detective noir story, something that we really haven't seen on screen, you know, yeah. him using his detective skills in a very large, you know, parameter or whatever. So I, that's what I'm excited for, you know. Being, being a fan of those old-school black-and-white detective cheesy stories, you yeah. know, the Dick Tracy stuff, mm-hmm. but, you know... Which, getting... why has that never gotten a movie, like, in recent time? It's blown my mind. Dick I have Tracy? a Dick Tracy book, yeah. Uh, like, why did they never remade that? I don't know. They attempted to, like, revamp the comic last year, yeah. I think, yeah, I back that. in 2018, uh, and I think it only lasted, like, maybe three or four issues. That so. sucks. He should be a he. He should have a show. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm totally down with a detective story, and I and I do think Matt Reeves is trying to make something 
not Nolan-esque because I think he is going to be very comic booky in his movie, but I think he is going to combine the, you know, the the look of a comic book with the seriousness of cinema, you know. And uh, I'm really excited for that. I will say that I saw somebody actually do a mock-up of a like a suit for uh, Robert Pattinson, and they used the blue trunks. And I was just like, that doesn't look too bad. And oh yeah, I, with one? the actual yellow emblem. Yeah, and he didn't have a yeah. he didn't have his uh, cow on though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that isn't too bad. But it's because it had a really badass utility belt. And I was like, that utility belt makes things look so much better. And so I think you could pull off the trunks if you had a sweet utility belt. And um, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we just got the confirmation from Matt Reeves. And it just seems like this cast is coming together. We still haven't got a confirmation yet on when it's actually going to start filming. People have said December. Other people have said January. And I think this is filming in London. But... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see where we're going to go with this. But that is the uh, Batman news for the movie. And then we're going to go ahead and touch on Batwoman really quick. Because we, we said this last week. Uh, you know, we're currently watching the show. We thought it's gotten a lot better. And we're enjoying some aspects of it. We've both seen this week's, this past week's episode. And, uh, the you know, it's the return of the cringe on some of this stuff. Yeah. Granted, there was stuff I liked. There was stuff I liked about this episode. But it doesn't seem like the show has found the the balance of like when like a little bit of cringe or a little bit of stuff is okay or campiness, I should say. Yeah. And um, it just seems like it goes with a little bit more cringe. I thought a lot of the uh, like action stuff in this was kind of crap, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, one thing for me for sure was the very opening scene when we see Magpie. And she throws one of her bombs. The yeah. very first explosion looked like YouTube level like CGI, and so yeah. and so I was like, "Oh, this is not starting off great." But let's see how it goes. Um, I did like the story overall, but it was those cringe worthy moments with uh, Kate Kane with her girlfriend, her new girlfriend mm. or whatever. And you know that's that's CW. I'm I'm I. Love the CW for what it is. It's created a very well-working DC universe. But I understand that it's television. A lot of people online, it's become this new thing to just hate on the CW. I think mainly it's because of jealousy and how they are, you know, a fully fueled train that just, like, is keep going and it keeps going. Yeah. It's um, the same thing with Marvel movies, though. Yeah. That's how some yeah, th yeah, that's it's true. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. But I just think that... The uh, people that are saying that, you know, DC CW shows should be as good as something like Batman versus Superman yeah, or like I'm, I'm like, OK, that had a 40 million dollar budget for like million for so, sorry. Yeah, four <laughs> four hundred million dollar budget, you know, set in like a three hour time period when you're looking at, you know, an hour show. And yeah. everybody just picks apart like two seconds every fifteen minutes. It's like, oh my god, look how bad this is! And it's just like, oh, we understand it's TV. Like, yeah, calm down. So I understand those moments happen in TV, but when it's consistent, it's just like, ugh, you you gotta calm down with a little bit of those. So, yeah. So I will speak from experience. Uh, hatred sells views. 
Uh, you can see that in a bunch of different things. It's kind of like sex, you know? It sells. Uh, hatred on the internet, specifically YouTube, sells. And Batwoman is the hot ticket right now. Because, man, I searched Batwoman to try to see the trailer for a reaction. Uh, granted, by the way, people asking if I'm going to be doing reactions to this show, I don't want to anymore. I just, I was just like, I don't have anything to say about this show. And I don't want to be that guy, as we're talking about right now. That's why I wanted to bring up on the podcast. Uh, I don't want to keep repeating myself about stuff because I think this is going to be a show that I'm going to like some stuff, I'm going to hate some stuff. And I just don't want to be bringing that attitude to the internet because there's plenty, plenty that I found out people that hate this show. So if you want to find somebody that talks cringe about it or they're like, oh, this is the stupidest show ever, uh, you can find them. Just search Batwoman Reviews. But anyways, uh, so that sells. I will say, which is very interesting, I, I wasn't bothered by the girlfriend stuff. Like, I didn't find that really cringy. What I found cringe was some of the dialogue she said while fighting Magpie was really cringy. Like, they were, like, kind of, like, dancing in the fighting kind of thing with the uh, battering yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. There was some cringy moments there. And um, and I just I, – I, and it, the thing that sucks, too, is I prefer Ruby Rose when she's in the suit and not in her regular just normal Civilian clothes. Civilian clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So – because I, I can just believe her a little bit more, but – it just always seems like everybody's outperforming her acting wise. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but it just, that's kind of the way it comes across, in my opinion. Um, but I think she's awesome in the suit. And some of the stuff she did in this was kind of cool. The, uh, okay, two really big gripes. The uh, explosions, like you said in this, were really crap, in my opinion. And I don't like that nowadays are on TV or whatever. Explosions happen and nobody, everybody's okay or they're just hurt. Explosions yeah. blow limbs off. Like, yeah. What no, the heck? Yeah, yeah. Like the when I whenever I saw that first explosion in the very beginning, I'm like, oh, that guy's dead. Yeah. But we didn't hear anything on whether he yeah. was injured or not. Yeah. No. He and was then injured. like people were literally walking across the explosions whenever the yeah. necklace was blowing up, and I was mm -hmm. just like, and I hated that. I was like, what is she doing? She's just like, watch out. Watch out, watch out. It looked like she was trying, fucking trying to rush a bull, you know? Like, <laughs> I was all, what are you doing? And I, I get that that's something Batman does, but he usually does that to block fire or something. I didn't know his cape was like, I can cover up a bomb, and it's, you know, it protects everything. I was like, what? The cape's usually done to protect himself, not like it's this super, you know, bomb casing thing. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, it looked kind of dumb too because I was like, what is she doing? It looked like she was like on a dance floor trying to do some new stuff. And like, I don't know. So that was kind of weird. But like I mentioned in my Discord chat, there is stuff, there's stuff I really enjoy about the show. Like when she turned on the voice thing and it was just a button on her belt, that was cool. I yeah. like that. I was like, okay, cool. That's something that shows it's built into the suit and it changes her voice. I thought that was dope. So there are little things that I like about the show, and there are definitely some cringy things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, and I also don't know, and I, and I know it makes sense and it feels like this, but when What's-His-Name was talking about how Bruce was just depressed as Batman, I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to kind of give this up. And he was, you know, the he said everything true, but I just it always sucks that everybody always points to Bruce being depressed, you know? Spe yeah. Specifically when we're going through Bruce's happiness right now in the comic books. Like, oh, yeah. the damn comic book, you swine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's really all the entertainment news we have for you guys. I don't know. Uh, Clay had brought this up earlier, and this is some big news. 
on uh, HBO Max has just announced new shows. This isn't really Batman related, but we can kind of speculate on maybe what we want to see in the future. But HBO Max has announced two or three shows, actually. Um, uh, yes. yes, three so, shows. Well, one renewal and then three new shows. There, really? Which yes. one's a renewal? Renewal is they announced this back when the trailer came out for HBO Max. Uh-huh. Is that uh, Doom Patrol is getting a second season. Uh, that was okay. already known, but they confirmed it here on this conference uh-huh. uh, with a poster. Uh, and people are speculating that it's actually renewed, announced for a second season, but actually renewed for three and four. Uh-huh. So that would oh, be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. Um, but also the three new shows, one starring Elizabeth Banks being yeah. uh, uh, DC. So, I don't know if she's in that. I think she's producing it. Oh, is she producing it? Yeah, I, thought, I don't know. I thought if she's it said st- it. I thought it said starring, but she might mm. just be producing it. Yeah, uh, which is great. She's hilarious. I love yeah. all her comedy that mm-hmm. she's in. Um, it's uh, DC superhero high or something like yeah. that, um, which just reminds me of something like us, you know, being in mid twenties, late uh, late twenties, early thirties. Uh, mm-hmm. A movie called Sky High, if anybody yeah. remembers that. Uh, I hope it's something like that. Uh, a lot of people are also being reminiscent to a, I think it was a cartoon that was scrapped or a book that was scrapped being Gotham High, which was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. which was supposed to be Bruce Wayne in high school with all these, all of his villains being like the bullies in the high school. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would like that per se, but mm-hmm. I, I would like to get some just random heroes in into that high school and you know just play around with it um and then of course uh strange tales which is uh adam strange uh hopefully they can get the guy from krypton just because he had an awesome performance in there i highly recommend watching season two uh season one and two of krypton to get to know him a little bit more but also the the last one that is the biggest news because people are going bananas over it is the green lantern series that is uh, gonna be made by Greg Berlanti. He has made the Doom Patrol. He has made Titans. He created all of the DCCW shows. This guy knows DC Comics. He knows these characters. I'm really excited to see what he's gonna put into this show. I love how we. I love how you say that. Yeah, we just shit on Batgirl about. <laughs> but although Berlanti has been in a bunch of stuff, he's he's more of a producer and to. And he originally was supposed to be the script writer for the Green Lantern movie that came out with Ryan Reynolds. They actually fired him from that role before mm-hmm. the movie came out, and it wasn't his script that they used. So a lot of people give him crap for that, but it wasn't even his script that they used in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but this does open a lot of doors to saying other DC properties going in there. Um, Juice, if you had a choice into you know, not necessarily a Batman film or a mm-hmm. Batman, uh, you know, himself. What other Batman universe related show would you like to see on HBO Max? I don't know if I want to see necessarily a Batman universe show. I did th- I did this video a long time ago on my YouTube channel. I talked about seven shows that needed to be on DC Universe. And I talked about an Earth 2 show would be fucking perfect because you can get your black batman I and mean, you can get your black superman you can get just a bunch you can get your gay green lantern character like it was a very diverse 
cast from Earth 2, and you could have had a really cool, diverse show with amazing characters, and you'd have Dick Grayson, Batman. It'd be a lot like of cool that. stuff. So I always thought something like that would be really cool. I feel like HBO could knock that out of the park. Um, I would love something. I want something like very detective-y. So a question show is another thing I had on that video. A fucking question show would be great. If you want to tie it into Gotham, you could have the question die later or something during the season and have Montoya take over and have it be, you know, her, you know, part of the question. Um, but yeah, I know she's going to be in the movies, but give me a Huntress show. I think if you want to do a Batman stuff, give me a Huntress show where she's a bounty hunter or she's trying to take out her family. Make it a mob-oriented kind of show, uh, like Sopranos or something. Oh, with dude, Huntress there's a there's a new Fifty Two miniseries that I own uh, yeah. that I've that I've been hunting for the past eight years now. I st- I'm still missing one issue, mm-hmm. but uh, that series, uh, if they had something like that where she like travels overseas, yeah, to like help sex trafficking or, or like save people from sex trafficking and like take down mobs like overseas that would be awesome yeah so something like that um i don't think this is going to be something where you know i know everybody's gonna be salivating I'm like oh my god we can get nightwing and we can get this red hood i think they're saving all of that for the movies uh because that that's where they're gonna make billions of dollars you know if if joker did this well i don't expect everything to always be like joker which is about to get near 900 million dollars by the way well i will say also um, they announced at the conference that uh, as soon as HBO Max does come into, you know, is starting to stream, mm-hmm. they get first rights on Joker. Uh, it's going to be oh. ready to stream when That'd HBO Max launches. So I think that's yeah. awesome. I would assume they would get first rights to everything. One, because they're HBO. Two, yeah. because they own the properties. So I'm pretty sure that's something that they did. Unless, you know, Netflix is going to be like, we'll give you a billion dollars for it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What what would you be into seeing on this network? You know, uh, I really dig the Earth 2 uh, idea. That would be awesome. Um, for me, I think I would like a... Uh, we already are getting a Titans show on uh, DC Universe. If they don't switch that to HBO Max, uh, I would really like to see a, I would say Teen Titans, for me mm-hmm. personally. Uh, you know, maybe introduce the world to Damian Wayne. I'm not yeah. not a whole lot of people know him. Uh, I would also like, you know, they're already making one on you know the CW, the Superman Lois show. But I would, you know, I think I would be okay with a news like a daily planet show that would be kind of cool um be a little bit more serious be that political you know show that a lot of people what was the the lowest lane comic right now yeah basically uh i think it was called the newsroom and it was on hbo or stars one of the two uh yeah i'm not too sure the network but yeah Yeah. but something like that i think that would be kind of intense um but other than that i don't know like go Go weird, you know, and do like a uh, freaking uh, dead man. You yeah, know? that'd be kind of cool. I would like another like serious villain show. Like, give me a Zaz show where he's a serial killer. Oh, like and, Dexter, like, but Zaz and not yeah. be the good guy. He just but, be evil. Yeah, but I think the cons. I I think the problem there is, I don't think you could ever like a Zaz. 
And yeah. you know, you could like Dexter. So who would be you could have a good Red Hood show because he's always on the edge of like, am I, you know, gonna be the fucking Punisher or am I gonna be Batman? And so, like, that would be a good moral conflict. That's what you had with Dexter. Like, Dexter was so good because he only killed people. You know what? You know what? If if this is true, you know, with Doom Patrol being, you know, streamable on HBO Max, I assume that other DC Universe originals will be streamable on HBO Max. Let's say, you know, a spinoff comes from Titans. Let's make an outsider show. That could be that could be a little bit on the edge. Yeah, because of the way Katana fights, because of the way Black Lightning is, I think that would work. Yeah, see, the only the only thing that sucks about that is I feel like Titans has already kicked itself in the ass. If if down the line HBO is like, yeah, you can have Batman in a show because we're now on HBO Max and we want to sell it. Your Batman's hella old already, and that kind of sucks. So yeah, um, and it, you know, fans of Game of Thrones will know who it is, but. Uh, you know, it's Sir Jorah, but, you know, that kind of sucks. Um, so, yeah, that kind of... Uh, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with HBO Max. They didn't get their Game of Thrones, so they're going to really be banking on this, you know, um, stuff. Well, they did order one series. It's a prequel series that's six episodes. So, I don't know yet, because one just got canceled today. Uh, they shot a pilot, and they were like, no, like, we're not going to pick this up. Yikes. So that it was with um, some chick that was really popular. I forget her name, but so that got canceled. And those dudes that rushed the final season, which are the two creators of Game of Thrones, yeah. are no longer going to be in that Star Wars series. And that kind of pisses me off because apparently they rushed the last season so they could do that damn Star Wars series, and now they're not doing it. So I'm just like, wow. I was like, that you just wow. People are definitely going to be hating them for a while. Um, but that's enough non-Batman uh, talk. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast on pop culture stuff, but we have enough podcasts going right now, so <laughs> we don't need to worry about that. But we're going to go ahead and jump into the comics now, people, because we got two Black Label books, a really good Nightwing book, and a, uh interesting annual for Batman that, you know, Clay had some interesting opinions on, and we'll be talking about that later. That'll be the final thing we talk about. But first, we're going to talk about a book that we have covered on this before. Actually, no, that's a lie. We'll cover that next. But we're going to talk about another Joker book, which Joker's always, it's Halloween. It's actually Halloween right now. It's midnight as we're recording this on <laughs> October 31st. So happy Halloween to everybody listening to this. Um, although it'll be November or something when, you want, when this goes live. Uh, but there's this new Black Label book by Jeff Lemire, uh, and it is called Joker Killer Smile. And uh, Clay, I know, I, I think I read this before you. But uh, what did you what did you, what were your thoughts on this book? You know, we we made our speculations before we even got these review copies. Before we had the chance to read them, we said this is gonna be interesting because we've already read a book like this, being like Harleen. We are seeing a lot of people studying Joker. We're even getting it in the other Harley book. Uh, the what was the other one Criminal entitled? Insanity? Yeah, Criminal Insanity. You know, that book as well is also studying Joker in a way. So, you know, I, I that's the one thing that kind of irks me about Black Label. But hopefully we can move, you know, past this. I think yeah. it's, for one, it's it's October, it's Halloween. They're wanting to push something like this. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Like, it, because it's good content. 
Jeff Lemire, and I forgot the artist's name. The artist is... Andre Sorrentino. Yes. And Jordi Bellary. Yes. So, so this is the exact same creative team that comes out of Images uh, Gideon Falls, um, which is critically Gideon acclaimed. Getting a show? Yes, right? and it's also getting a show. It's critically acclaimed. It's a really well-written story. Um, a lot of people have also uh, given this book... Uh, you know, saying that it's like another image title called Ice Cream Man, which is, you know, really creepy in my eyes because I don't do horror all that much. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still a really good book, and it had that same feeling. Um, this book, when I read it, I was like, okay, is it going to... Like, the, the one thing that everybody thought the movie Joker was going to do, I thought that was this, you know, because oh, it okay. starts off with, oh, I've always just wanted to make art. I wanted everything to be beautiful. I wanted people to be happy. And I'm just like, no, I can't sympathize with this because I know who the Joker is. Yeah. And, you know, it's this new doctor that's reading it. I like how they kind of tease at the fall of Harley Quinn because one of the other doctors says, I can't lose another mm-hmm. well, well-versed well doctor or something like that. I can't remember the exact quote. Yeah. But... Not much happens in this story, to be completely honest. No. Uh, other than this guy kind of hallucinating this doctor um, and Joker really getting in his head, nothing really happens. And it it leaves you on a cliffhanger that's like, God damn, I really need to get this next issue. So I really like that. Um, I, I do wonder, like, how Joker got into his head when it really seems like this guy has, you know, has seemed to draw the line and really know, hey, I'm only going to be doing this. I'm only going to be doing this. You know, he's not a guy that really pushes boundaries. He doesn't seem like the guy to push boundaries, especially with him having a kid, like a family, a wife, a kid. Um, I will say that the the book, like when he was reading it to his kid, I was like, what the, like, what kind of fucking book is he reading to his kid? And then when Joker quoted it, I was like, oh, shit, like this is getting dark. So, um, really interesting. I'm really enjoying it. Um, the art style isn't my favorite, but because of how they're wanting this book to be portrayed, I enjoy it for the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. So this book was, uh, I think as I was reading this, I was falling half asleep when I started, I was reading Harleen, which is a book we'll talk about next. That was 66 pages. So I was like, whoa, uh, I took a break while reading it finished it and then i was like well i'm still kind of wide awake let me just go ahead and read this joker one so i read this one my first thought was like wow there's so many similarities to harleen because she's like psychoanalyzing the joker in that book for two books already and now i'm getting another book of just a male trying to psychoanalyze the joker and um and then one thing you'll always notice is people always try to do this to the joker and he's just always better than you like you're not gonna beat him it's the only reason why he's so good against batman you know what i mean and um of course everybody in this book and even joker i don't know if joker says it in this book or if he says it in in harleen but he flat out tells him he's like look i know you're just a new guy trying to make your you know your jollies off on like trying to break me or trying to find out who i am or something like that or if somebody else says that to them Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's kind of everybody's end game is to like, oh, if I could figure out the Joker, I'll be a bajillionaire. And uh, that's kind of what I got a sense from this. But the thing that I did st- start loving at the end of this, I was like, you know, knowing that this guy is so troubled by the Joker, like his, he's constantly thinking about him, that it already seems like Joker's not just in his head. 
Joker's in his house. And that's the one thing I've always loved about Joker because you, you mentioned that he referenced the book, but in one panel in there, the, the dad stops reading the book. He's like, when did I buy this for you? He's like, I don't ever remember getting this for you. And the kid's like, you promised, you promised. But the guy's already having these weird like visions. So he thinks like, maybe I did buy this for him and I just did it by accident. Well, see, so- that's, that's why it's such an interesting story because after he reads the book, he goes to his wife and he's like, okay, you know, and he has this face like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And they have like a small back and forth and his wife is like, hey, what was that thing you were going to tell me? You look kind of worried. He's like, oh, it's nothing. And then all yeah. of a sudden he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like going to do something. Yeah. And then his wife is like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just going to check something in my office. You can go back to bed. She's like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. We're getting ready. Like, And he's yeah. like, what? Yeah. So, so I – but the really cool thing was the visual right before he woke up was the balloon and it popped as yeah. if, like, he got infected with something. Mm-hmm. So that's my theory is okay. that somehow Joker has gotten into his food – into his like something that has to be on him that he got in contact with and now he's basically a sleeper agent for the joker yeah yeah that's one thing we didn't mention at the beginning of this book it shows one of joker's like master plans that happened where he released all these red and green balloons in the city and they all popped and people got jokerized and then it just has like this one panel that says punch of batman knocking him out and I thought that was really cool. And now, of course, Joker, as always, is back in Arkham and is being treated and everything. And, uh, yeah, so I do think Joker is in this guy's head. Joker's always been that kind of person that gets to your close ones. Like, in every good Joker story, he's in somebody's house. He's done it to Batman. He got the whole Bat family in Endgame. and uh, Or I should say death, in the, death of the family. Not death in the family, to get confused where he kills Jason Todd. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, he's just that's what's always been so good and creepy about the Joker is just when you think he's not going to do something or you have the upper hand and you're safe, you're not. He already knows exactly who you are before you even meet him, it seems. So, um, you know, that's what's good. And he, he usually does this kind of thing. He doesn't fuck with the kid. He doesn't fuck with the mom until he wants to. And yeah. he's like, he, he could just be a normal killer, like, oh, I killed your family, oh, boo. But he's like, no, 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 I'm going to leave this book here, and I'm going to quote it later to fuck with you. And uh, that's what always makes him so terrifying and yet so great and brilliant of a character. And so, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot that happened in this book, but it did what any good book should do, and it made me want to read the next one. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to Jeff Lemire and his whole team, the creative team on this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see this. I will say, though, Black Label has what? Not including Hellblazer, seven titles? Six of them have the Joker? Something like that? Um, because you have Damned, you have this one, you have Harleen, you have Criminal Insanity. Uh, maybe I added some, so four. Right? Those are all the Black Labels. The only other Black Label books that have come out are Superman and now, I mean, if you did include Hellblazer, that's six books. Yeah, there's also a, a question book coming later, mm-hmm. but I don't see Joker being in that book at all. Yeah. Um, and then Birds of Prey will be on Black Label later really? on. Yeah, in January. About that. Well, in December, technically. Oh, but is that the, uh, what's his face writing that? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the damned? As, Azarello. Yeah, he he was it was supposed to be a regular ongoing title that was gonna be in main continuity. Yeah. But 
since then it has switched to uh black label and it's mm-hmm. only been it, it got shot down to three books so okay. we don't know if azarello is just not playing ball with dc or yeah. if dc is doing this on purpose just to kind of get him out of the way which is yeah. unfortunate because he's a really good storyteller yeah, he's a great writer. I love a lot of his stuff. I love his non-DC stuff. I own his, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he did 100 Bullets. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that show, which was actually bought by Tom Hardy's uh, freaking production company and hasn't been done with anything. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love Azarezzo. Uh I don't think we'll see any bat penis in that one. Um, <laughs> or, you know, Birds of Prey boobs or anything like that. Because apparently, Damn 2 was supposed to have some nudity with Harley Quinn, and they had to redraw all that. Yep. Really hoping we see those pages one day, like the actual story of what Damned was supposed to be. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get that, but I'm hoping like, oh, 10 year anniversary. Here's well, what it was actually. NDAs are basically for like 20 plus years, so we'll mm. see. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all we have to say about Joker Killer Smile. But moving on to the book I promoted before we started talking about Joker Smile, uh, the Smile book. Uh, is Harleen, which is actually drawn by, how do you say his name? You... So it's Stepan Sajic. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just terrible with his name. But if, uh, if you guys don't remember us talking about this book, this is the book that I mentioned had a very fan art film, or I should say, uh, what did I call fan fanfic? Fanfic. Yeah, yeah, fanfic film, uh, feel to it. And I told this to Clay just to give a short summary of this. I was like, hey, did anything happen in this book besides the whole Two-Face drama? And he was like, not really. And uh, that was kind of unfortunate because this whole book is just a slow descent of Harley going into falling in love with the Joker, pretty much. And we see that at the end of this book. She's uh, basically been pretty much defeated at this point, in my opinion, to where Joker's got her exactly where I want her. Yeah, and um, that's kind of how it ends because you see her actually take off his jacket at the end, his straight jacket, and cuts the video yeah. of where she's recording him, and then he's kind of like hugging her at the end, which was I could have done without, but I don't know, it was just kind of weird. You know the the big thing about this book was in the very beginning of the book, I want to say the first fifteen pages or so, uh, Joker is telling Harley that everybody is a monster when they're born. Mm-hmm. and that the, everybody wears a mask and you know at the like like i said everybody's a monster everybody at the root of themselves is evil and that's just like messing with harley's head because her whole theory on curing the joker was that he would feel some remorse some sort of like or he's unable to have any feelings or something like that yeah. and that breaks her theory entirely and it like shatters you know the possibility of her cure working on joker and so at that point that's why she's all messed up she's just like i can't deal with this i'm gonna go home and drink and that's when she gets the call about what happened earlier on with the joker i mean with uh harvey dent uh which spoilers has been on several different cartoons plus the dark knight it's just his face getting you know burnt uh and that causes a whole lot of drama. And that's the part I didn't like, actually. It was just very convenient that right after she has this conversation, that 
three different instances all taped for the you know audience whoever's watching the news gets yeah. to see that you know uh freaking the mob burns two face or burns Harvey Dent's face and then after that vigilante police officers kill that mobster yeah, yeah and so she was saying you know during all these videos that she's watching on the news you know just that morning she was wanting to punch Harvey Dent herself and yeah. so she's like man what if the joker is right blah 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 you know and even when she's interviewing different candidates throughout Arkham all she can think about is joker yeah. and so that's why i say you know this was just her her defining moments of hey i think joker has you know some right you know she, he is right in some things yeah oh, which i do like that small uh i think two or three panels in the very beginning where mm -hmm. she like basically had a dream or i don't know if it was her having a dream or if it was actually like showing you in the future oh her... she's harley quinn yeah yeah that's in the future okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. so that uh, actually happens that out of everything else i know everything else is fanfic and it's just very poppy those two panels looked so good yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, if I'm yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that is like kind of like a future thing because I want to say she talks about herself in the past tense later. Um, but uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's future stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. I will say that it is doing what it's supposed to be doing. I don't like that it is like, oh yeah, you're you're slowly seeing this love story happen. But it's what happens. Like, Harley Quinn falls in love with the Joker. And so, like, the book is getting across what it needs to get crossed. I just, like, you know, I'm not 100% into it, is mm -hmm. what I will say. I like the first book after a while. I do think it, it still is too long. Like, 66 pages is yep, just too you know, long. After, the like, the 20-page mark, I was like, hmm, let's just see how many pages I have left. And then I saw the 66, and then I was like, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, and I get, like, Two-Face and stuff. Does it really need to be there? Like, I like I feel like they're just throwing that in there, but I understand that it's it's being used as a, like, Joker's, like, hey, see, everybody turns bad. He was the White Knight. You know, this is Harvey Dent. He turned bad. Blah, blah. I know that they're giving little instances like that. One thing I did enjoy in this book was Harley went to Gordon and talked about, like, I need to talk to him. I need to talk to Batman. And so she actually has a conversation with Batman, um, and it was cool because she asked, like, why don't you kill them? Like, why don't, why do you keep them alive? Why do you arrest them? Do you believe I like that hope? scene. I like that scene and, a lot. And, you know, you know, Batman was saying, like, yeah, I mean, I have hope. Do you not think that they, they can be changed and stuff like that? And that's what I've always liked because I've always hated when people are like, oh, man, realistically, Batman has to kill. No, he doesn't. That's why he's a superhero. That's why he is, look, he's looked up to. He's, you know, he's not perfect. But he doesn't have to kill, and he does it because he believes that, you know, these people can change. And there have been plenty of instances in Batman lore where Batman has caught criminals, and they have conformed, and they've become better. His persona as Bruce Wayne has even given some of these people jobs so they can have better lives. So, you know, I've always loved that aspect of Batman that, you know, no matter what, it's not just being a badass and a billionaire and getting all the ladies or anything like that. It's not that. Batman's always been the person I think people want to be that doesn't give up on people. Yeah. Because I think anybody that, else 
Well, I was going to say the line that he has that made me like, yeah, this is Batman, is uh, he says, I don't kill because I don't want to give up on them or on myself. Yeah. I love that line. That line was so perfect. And, you know, surprisingly, you know, with this artist, he got really famous because of the fanfic that he put out there with Harley and Joker, with Batman, with a lot of characters in DC, with his uh, Sunstone, uh, you know, graphic novel that he has out, uh, his indie stuff or whatever. You know, I always thought of him as just an artist. So to see him produce this kind of writing, I'm I'm okay with him writing more stuff, to be honest. Yeah. After this, I'm so down with, you know, him trying something new. So Yeah, no, I, I am enjoying the story. I just think it's a bit long because I want to be able to just read a story all the way through. Granted, I was kind of tired when I started reading this, and I think if I was at work and I was just sitting down reading a book, I could be able to read this in one sitting. You know, that's going to be interesting. When this comes out in trade, how yeah. am I going to be able to read it? If Am I going to read it in three parts, or am yeah. I going to be able to sit through it and actually read all the way through? Yeah, and that'll be interesting. See, so if I'm not mistaken, Damned is the first trade to come out, right? Yes. Is I, like, is it still in the big format? Like, I haven't bought that book yet. It is in a more... It 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 looks more square than it does rectangle, because a lot of these books are rectangle. It looks yeah. more square, so it is in that oversized print. Okay. okay, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting, and I think, you know, I am collecting all of these books as they come out, so I can read them, because they are very month-to-month, or bi-monthly, or whatever. And um, so I'm really interested to keep reading them. And, uh, yeah, I i don't – I mean, I, I haven't read Superman, but I will say for the most part, Black Label hasn't disappointed me. I thought it's been pretty good. I mean, I guess it technically isn't Curse of the White Knight Black Label? Yes. 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 Right. So, so the first one was not, and then they put a Black Label on yeah. the trade even though nothing was added to that yeah. Black Label edition. But this one is technically black label, yes. Yeah. So that means Joker's in five things then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's dominating black label. Uh, but yeah, so with Harleen, like I said, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there are things I just think it's a little too long, and it does feel very fanfic. And I think, you know, the next one is supposed to be the final one, and it's going to have the most fanfic in it, because we've already seen one panel from it that's a, like supposed to be like a little kinky panel or something like that. And it's just yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah. So... I'm hoping that this story ends on a high note. We did have just one of our favorite series that we're not really going to talk about because nothing really Batman-related happened in it, but Deceased, we both felt kind of fell flat, which was one of probably the greatest series of 2019, I would go out and say. Oh, like, yeah. Easily. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's very hard to stick the landing, ladies and gentlemen. So... Um, but it's, which is what scares me about the current Batman run because I've loved it so far, but if it falls flat, I'm be like, oh, technically I won't really find out until the end of 2020. <laughs> but, um, oh, that's something we can actually talk about is, uh, Tom King coming out and announcing that Batcat's been delayed, but oh, yeah, we yeah. forgot to talk about that. So yet. sorry. I just literally thought about this before. Um, I mean, as I was talking, so we know we've talked about Tom King's run, you know, since the start of this podcast. It's, re- it's what started this podcast, to be honest. But um, 
we know that after Batman 85, Tom King is going to move on from the main Batman title. It's going to be taken over by James Tinian. And Batman is going to write Bat Batman and Catwoman, Batcat for short. And it's going to be a 12-issue series like his Mr. Miracle story, like his uh, Vision story. Well, I don't know if Vision was 12 issues. Yes, but, it was. You know, just, okay. So it's going to be these maxi series that Tom King's very known for. And uh, what we found out was, you know, Clay was mentioning to me, uh, and the, was it the beginning of this month when the solicits yes. come out? The solicits came out and Batcat wasn't there. And everybody was like, well, what's going on here? Some people, of course, it's the internet, were speculating, oh, DC's pushing it back. DC wants him to change all this stuff. It's not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And Tom King, I even asked Tom King myself on Twitter. Uh, I got back on just to ask him. I was like, hey, man, like, what's going on with Batcat? Like, is it getting, you know, is it going to come out still? Blah, blah, blah. Can you confirm this? And Tom King actually posted on all his social medias talking about how when you have a story that you think is going to be great that you can you have to make minimal compromises on it and he says that he's been talking over it like this the first few scripts are already done and they're being drawn already but his artist who's one of his best friends his name is clay man one of the greatest artists in comics right now uh said he was like hey i can draw this whole thing but you got to give me time so the it's going to be 12 issues i talked to tom king at comic-con and Tom King said that Clayman, with his just beautiful art style, there was no way he was going to be able to do all 12. And so somebody was going to come in and do like three issues, if I remember Tom Tom telling me right. And so I was like, ah. I mean, we we literally talked about it on this podcast. If you come from Clayman's beautiful art and then the next artist does not live up to that same kind of style, it ruins JR, the story. Yeah, it <laughs> ruins a story. So I don't like that it's been pushed back, but knowing that Clayman is now going to draw 12 issues of Batman and Catwoman, which I told Clay this and Clay thought I was kind of crazy, but I read Batman 78 and 79, which were both done by Clayman, like three or four times, like in the amount of time that I had it. I loved those books just because I love Batcat. I love the stories. The drawings were gorgeous. And now I'm going to get 12 issues of that. So like I'm super stoked. And I'm, you know, I wonder if, do you think we still get it all by the end of 2020 or you think this spills into 2021? Um, with it being pushed back to March, he did say it's going to be pushed back to March, the yeah. first issue. Um, it is going to go into 2021. Yeah. I don't see them unless they say, hey, one issue, you know, one extra issue is ready. Let's throw it in an annuals week. and. Yeah. For people who don't know, Annuals Week is usually uh, for that fifth week in a month. This uh, podcast is being held on an Annuals Week. Um, That's why a whole lot of non-continuity books came out. Uh, But that's the only way an extra book would come out. I don't see them wanting to really rush this. Uh, I think spacing it out is good for them, you know, just to get more money, to be honest. Uh, unless things are going to dramatically change with the DC with 5G, uh, you know, and this book gets canned, you know, midway through, which I hope it doesn't. Um, no, I don't. I don't see it happening. Um, I think it'll stay. The funny thing is, this is going to be the saving grace for the people that hate. If they hate 5G, they're like Tom King's still doing stuff that's in the regular. He's got yeah. Bruce Wayne and Catwoman. Basically, let's, go, let's buy that. And this might actually push DC Black Label sales. If they're not going to be in continuity and they're just going to be telling stories with the regular characters, 
I can see DC Black Label killing it with their stories because oh, yeah, people are going to sure. be like, oh, yeah, I want to read Bruce Wayne. I want to read this. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, go read our more adult, mature stuff. Um, so, you know what? That would be kind of cool. And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I can only I can only envision how beautiful that hardcover for Batcat's going to be with all of Clayman's interior and his, like, design. I don't know. If, I mean, people that are listening to this, I don't know if you guys collect trades. But recently, DC has been doing this thing where they print the art on the actual hardcover of their trades now. It looks gorgeous. Like, the one that came out for Heroes in Crisis is just uh, Booster Gold and, um, forgetting his name, Blue Beetle sitting on the couch, which was one of these, like, popular panels inside the book. Looks absolutely gorgeous. So I can't wait to see that. But speaking of annuals week... We got two annuals come up, and I'm going to let Clay talk about this one because it, it features his favorite guy, and the story that we've hated for so long is finally going somewhere. Dude, so- let me just say, and for people who don't know this, in Batman 50, no, no, sorry. 56. 56. It was Batman 56 and then con- uh, continued in Nightwing 50. So in Batman 56, KG Beast planted himself in a random hotel room and shot on top shot to the top of GCPD and shot Nightwing square in the head and this caused him to lose his memory so we thought because that was the big thing it was very controversial Dick did not want to be called Dick he wanted to be called Rick Richard either one and his whole attitude changed his persona changed he wasn't Nightwing anymore. He has slowly started to realize that his reflex... He was basically the Jason Bourne of the DC Universe because his reflexes and everything would just go on command, whether it be like falling off a rooftop or like dodging a car or doing whatever. And he's like, okay, well, this is not going to stop happening, so I need to use these skills to help people. And so he is not necessarily Nightwing right now, but he's in the Nightwing club because a whole lot of... Uh, police officers in Bloodhaven have found his Nightwing cave or the bird, uh, mm-hmm. his bird box basically, and uh, took all of his costumes. And now they are the Nightwing clan or whatever they're calling him, Nightwing gang. Um, and so this story here, this annual number two, is the annual that has everything just cleared out for you. I want to thank Jurgens so much for actually doing something with this story. Because I have told everybody today that I think we've had three writers since Rick has been in the picture. Two or three. Mm -hmm. And they saw this opportunity to do absolutely nothing with the character. And because it was like, okay, I can't turn him into Nightwing because DC is telling me to keep him as Rick. I don't know what to do. Let's have random adventures. And so they just did all that. Jurgens is actually taking this thing and saying, hey, let's give him a reason for not having a memory, and which we thought was just the bullet. But on top of getting hit by a bullet, we find out, and this is a story that is still technically continuing the main continuity of, of this title, um, that the Court of Owls are back. And Nightwing does have ancestry that was in the Court of Owls, his grandfather. And we we learned in the New 52 of Batman 
that Nightwing was always supposed to become part of the court. Yeah, we also learned that Batman can knock out your tooth with one fist. Yes. Perfectly. Like the perfect tooth, he knows exactly how to <laughs> knock it out. So, don't need a dentist, just need Batman. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so we learned all that almost eight years ago, almost nine years ago. And so, uh, now we find out that they have basically been giving him this medicine or this serum or whatever, this concoction, to basically lose his memory over time. Yeah. And that blew my freaking mind. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it it wasn't the bullet. And I told everybody, because Jurgens gave an actual reason why he has lost his memory in return there must be a way to bring it back now like if you bring that up there has to be an opposite and so like we're finally getting to a point like okay this is all coming to a head like either dick is going to become a court of owl he's going to become an owl Mm -hmm. and like the heroes will turn him back into dick grayson or you know, he finds out that this evil court is, you know, trying to make him evil. And he goes against it, and then he gets his memories back. Yeah. You know, we uh, recently got a, a quote from Jim Lee uh, regarding the 5G, regarding the uh, new Batman title coming with Tinian. And he said, and I quote, I will do everything in my power to, what do you say? He said, uh, to save dick grayson or to save nightwing Mm -hmm. and so i was like those those are some big words jim lee like don't don't fuck around with my character here like don't do it but i think jurgens is really really you know putting a foot forward and saying hey we need to do something with this character and i'm loving I, i i love this annual i don't know how long it'll take but this actually gets me interested enough to say hey you know what i think i might start actually reading nightwing right now so yeah, nice. Uh, real quick on the five G thing, if what, he said Nightwing, did, he said Nightwing or he said Dick Grayson. I think he said Nightwing. So that okay. does scare me a little bit yeah. with you know keeping the name Rick. Um, it could be because we've been having this discussion, and I'm kind of working on a project right now about this whole thing. But uh, the whole it could be Damien because we don't have a reason why Damien's not Batman. Yeah. So what if Damien's Nightwing? So. That might be something. Wow. But because uh, that would, you know, why is he Batman? Why is he Nightwing? It's in, you know, it'd be very interesting. But yeah. going back to this annual, yeah, I have to say that uh, I had Clay read this before me, and I, you know, I just I was like, all right, well, is this going to be worth covering? He's like, yeah, man, it's it's worth covering on the podcast. And I was like, okay, so I was intrigued to read it. And I was reading it. I I am somebody that loves backstory. I love it. Like, I don't know why. I am, okay, this is how, I can tell you how much I love it. I'm the kind of guy that will watch fillers in anime. That's the kind of person I am, and that is the yeah. best way I can, you know, promote that. All 17,000 episodes in Soul, Soul Eater. Oh, God, I no. watched those episodes. Fools. I, I, sk- <laughs> I, I skipped the last two yeah. of his. No. So, like, I always watch, like, filler episodes just because it gives you little things of backstory. Same thing in Dragon Ball Z, another one of my favorite shows. Um, So, this was, it felt like a filler, but a filler with great information. And, um, and, of course, it progresses the story. And I actually, I did really enjoy this. I've always loved 
to see Bruce care for his kids. And, you know, granted, they're not his kids, but he has taken them in and he just that's how he treats it. And like it was cool seeing Damien on top of, you know, Grayson's bed. He was like, you need to wake up like you need to wake up now. And how, you know, Grayson thought that that was actually a dream. But he was like, yeah, I just felt like there was somebody like over me or whatever. And um, that was really cool because, you know, Damien was basically telling him like, you know, Batman's going crazy. Like he's dude, you know, his- it hurt my heart like when he like he wouldn't get up like he wouldn't wake up and then yeah. Damien like jumped out the window and you saw like tears coming down his yeah. face i was like oh no i'm sorry yeah. Damien. i'm so sorry so like that was really well done and then batman has like flown out like the specialist we find out later on that batman who's like i've flown out the best person because you know nobody in bloodhaven or in in gotham could help dick and freaking batman was like i'm flying in the best person he's a billionaire he could do whatever he wants and so the best person comes out, and it's this woman, and she's all like, yeah, you know, we're going to, he's waking up right now, blah, blah. And when he wakes up, he doesn't remember any of them. And, you know, uh, Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne at this point is just all like, this is unacceptable, like, what's going on? And he even, like, questions Dick Grayson. He's like, look, he's like, I need the room. I need to talk to him. And he sends everybody out, even the doctor. Hello? And he tells him, he's like, look, we're here. You don't need to put up the, you know, you don't need to put up this farce. Like, you can, you can talk to me. How are you feeling? He's like, you don't need to pretend like that you're, you know, you're not Nightwing or whatever. Like, we told them it was like a car accident Nathan? or something like that. They said it was something crazy that he got shot. Like, it wasn't a, like a mugging. I, I forget. I'd have to read the book again. But uh, he's trying to say that they can actually, you know, speak in, you know, real words or whatever. They don't have to use code. He's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you know, Nightwing's just going crazy with this. And uh, it was really interesting to see that. And he's like, you're not joking. So Bruce leaves the room. And he tries to tell the doctor, like, what is going on here? You need to fix this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, if you can't fix this, I'll find somebody better. And the doctor's like, well, you can do that. That's in your right, but you're not going to find anybody better. So Bruce kind of has to just deal with it. And uh, we find out later in the comic that she's actually been giving him the drugs. And she's been, she is the reason that he's not getting better, which I found really crazy, but at the same time, really awesome. And, uh, yeah, she's, we found, there was, like, this, this nice flashback. The reason why Dick Grayson loves Bloodhaven so much is because it's actually one of the places where he has one of his fondest memories. And it, since, his, you know, he was part of the Flying Graysons, so his family was on the road a lot. And they actually find other Grayson family members in Bloodhaven, and they have, like, this Thanksgiving dinner. And that's where he just remembers being, like, one of the happiest moments of his life. And that is why he goes back to Bloodhaven. So I thought that was really awesome that you know dick grayson you know it, it shows why he's in but like he why he loves bloodhaven so much and i was actually somebody that always questioned that i'm like why the hell did he go to bloodhaven like what's so special about it dan jurgens has actually gave you know nightwing aka dick grayson a reason for loving bloodhaven so much and we always thought it was just to become you know just to have a new start just to do whatever but uh, no it was actually that you know he had a memory there when he was a child and i thought that was pretty awesome i thought that was very interesting just because we haven't really gotten a whole lot of dick grayson and the flying grayson's background um so i really enjoyed that aspect um knowing that there's more of grayson's family out there is a little weird because at that point it would be like i i know it's a little you know technical and just be like oh clay you're thinking too much into it but for me i was like oh well if the parents died when the next of kin get grayson if they died so yeah. but 
other well, than they that, mentioned it in the comic book. I think they said that they had passed before his parents died. I think oh, that really? might have got mentioned. Yeah. I think he said that they had, or he did say his parents passed. No, I think he said his parents passed before the next time they went through Bloodhaven. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, so maybe. But then again, his dad did say, yeah, like, oh yeah, this is the first time I'm meeting them. So the parents probably didn't think about making them the next akin, you know? That's literally their first time meeting That's true. Them. So, yeah, I don't think you're looking into that too much, but... Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was really cool because, again, I'm a big fan of, you know, the backstory and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just finally glad that story's going somewhere. Although the main run has not been anywhere as good as that annual was, though. Like, because they're currently doing the Talon stuff. And, like, it's currently doing quarter hour stuff. But even that has been just okay. So, yeah, and I don't know if they're just, like, teasing it or anything. But the big thing that's uh, been grabbing my attention is there's a lot of covers featuring dick grayson in the talon uniform so mm -hmm. i'll be interested to see if that legitimately happens so i think that's what i think curiosity more than anything is driving this book and jurgen said that he wanted to do a character study for rick as a yeah. as a person and so mm -hmm. i mean being a character study and still having action in it is a little weird, you know, just because yeah. I see character studies in like the black label books that are nothing compared to this book here. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I want it to be good because yeah. I followed, I followed Nightwing through Rebirth all the way until, until he got shot, basically. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I think I took Rick Grayson for three issues, and then I stopped buying it. So. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of people because that story was going nowhere fast. But, hey, it looks like it's going somewhere good. So we're going to jump over to the final annual, which was Batman Annual Number 4. This one's actually done by Tom King. Tom King has done – did he do Annual Number 1? I don't – I think he did. I'm not too sure. I that was think he did. I think the only one he didn't do was the was Tom Masters. Taylor uh, Father's Day. Yeah, uh, which was Annual Number 3. 3, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, all the annuals have been pretty solid, in my opinion. Annual number two, it was just amazing. That was like the start of everybody's love for Tom King's Batman and Catwoman, which I think that was a great story. And then, uh, yeah, last year was the Father's Day one, which was annual number three. And this one, Tom King, I think this is a very interesting comic uh, with this one because it's basically following, it's more than a week, but a majority of the story happens in a week. And it's following Batman on an everyday, basically a day in a life. Just imagine if Batman vlogged, this is what would happen. He's just basically doing everything he does in a day. And it the, the perspective of the story is being told from Alfred's diary. So it's like Alfred was the one writing all this stuff down. And we get all of these different, like the first three stories, there's like three basically big stories that happen in the book. It's like Batman fighting some villains on top of a rooftop with uh, some horses and stuff that's like one day then the next day um the next story is actually told over like a year or so and it's batman fighting this uh this one guy in like a ufc ring this fighter that's like undefeated and is challenging batman and they discuss how you know batman turned down all the stuff and he like didn't want to fight him the guy said he'd put up like millions of dollars for charity blah 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 and then it turns out that you know he ended up beating his wife got away with it scot-free 
And Batman was like, you know what, I'll take the fight. Because he wanted to actually, you know, give this guy some justice. And this would be the, you know, the perfect way to kick this guy's ass and to also get some money for charity. And so that was another day. And then so basically the whole concept of the issue is just a day in the life of Batman. He fights a dragon with a sword. He goes and so- solves this mystery of this family. Basically, it, it, it seems like that new movie coming out from uh, Ryan Johnson, Knives or whatever. That's what one of these stories was in here. <laughs> it pretty much felt like that. And then there's another story of you know Bruce meeting one of his like childhood, like not sweethearts, but girls that he was interested in. Right before he left, oh, to the go homecoming train. dance, or I think it was the yeah. prom. It was, I think it was yeah. the prom. It was like a prom thing, and then, um, yeah, and then there was just like so. It's a bunch of stories like that from the perspective of you know Alfred, and it's him, you know, solving like this nuclear deal, like stopping this nuclear like uh, cell of like uh, codes to launch nukes in Gotham, and so you're basically seeing. Uh, Alfred tell these stories of how just badass Batman is, but it's in it adds time to a story, and that's one thing that not a lot of stories in comic books do. They never say like this takes place in a year or it takes place in five hours. Uh, it's always kind of skewed because nobody ever wants to put the finite details in that because then of course comic book fans are like, well, how is that even possible? Because Flash travels at a speed of blah 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 blah. And then, you know, a lot of writers just won't even include days or times or whatever just to avoid the scrutiny. Tom King's actually somebody that's actually loved time in his comic books. He did it in The Button where he had to kill a whole minute in the series. And he did one panel every second in that of Bruce just getting his ass kicked by the Flash. Or I should say reverse Flash. And I thought that was really cool. So I love the way he plays with time. And then as the story goes on, it breaks away from the big stories and it starts going into these just like minuscule small stories with uh, just panels, like big panels, small panels. And it's just like, you know, April 1st fights a bunch of mummies. April 2nd fights dragons. April 3rd fights sharks, you know, and it just goes into this crazy just in the day, a day in the life of Batman. And um, I thought this was pretty awesome. I thought this was pretty awesome. And I I really enjoyed it, but I want Clay to talk about it because he had a little bit more different opinion on it. He said he liked it, but he also thought some parts were goofy. So, Clay, go ahead and give the, the peeps your thoughts on this. Yeah, you know, when I first opened this book and I saw them riding horses, I was like, oh, cool. This has like a really like John Wick feel to it just because we just recently saw John Wick 3 and that's how it opened with the whole yeah. uh, horse, you know, chase scene or whatever. And then it explained that they were on rooftops. And I kind of rolled my eyes, but I was like, okay, you know, Batman has done weirder stuff. Um, But that was one story, and it took, I think, like two pages, two or three pages. And then it talked about the dragon scene, uh, where he, you know, he cuts the dragon from top to bottom, and then another dragon comes out of the stomach. And then he cuts that one's head off, and then a smaller dragon comes from the head. And... You know, that was like, okay, you know, it was really convenient that the monk that released this dragon, his ancestors, you know, the that the sword that they made was in the museum that, uh, you know, they were re- able to find and, you know, just all these things. And, of course, this is just Alfred's perspective on, on telling these stories. And the third one was the charity fight. 
And then, like you said, it just goes on and on, almost panel by panel of different stories. And at the very end, it became very campy and very cheesy. Um, I did enjoy the first three stories, and then when it became just one panel stories, I didn't really like those all that much because they're, I wanted more from it, you know? It's more of show, don't tell kind of thing. And because I, I would love that, you know, annuals take advantage of having, excuse me, uh, more page counts. So I would have loved a little bit more from this book for, like that. Um, I honestly think and, you know, Tom King did say that this book does not connect to anything, but technically it does because there were some panels that were featured from the I Am Bane uh, series that he wrote in the very beginning of Rebirth. There was uh, pictures of just old school, like golden age comics. So it does connect technically. But, you know, he was saying that it wasn't connecting. And I think that's because in case people tried to throw backlash at him, he could have said, hey, I said it wasn't connected to anything. But I also think that they wanted to... You know, just play the game a little bit with, you know, Alfred being dead in the main continuity of books. You know, wouldn't it be awesome to own Alfred's diary? And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this annual would sell a lot because of that. And it's okay if they did, you know. I personally would have liked it, though, if it was Batman's journal saying it in his own perspective, telling these stories. Um, Just because for me... When I learn after the fact, oh, we played the game so that way we can get more sales. I'm like, mm-hmm. you probably could have gotten even more sales if you, you know, stood, you know, your ground with one or two stories in one book, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, there was, you know, the the we talked about this before. The I'm Batman line that's in this book. You know, it it's a it's a thing that happens a lot that. You know, real either sounds really badass or is just really really cheesy. This one felt a little cheesy, but like you said at work the other day, it's more of like how the Doctor and Doctor Who claims it. Yeah. And you know, whenever people hear that, people get feared or or entities are scared and things like that. So, I I can understand that mentality of it. But overall, I really did enjoy it. I th- I thought it was a fun read. Um. The art was okay. I think it could have been a little bit better in some places. But, you know, it, it was a good read, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I actually enjoyed this book at first. And I was, uh, I will say, at the start of this, I was like, oh, this might just be kind of an okay story when I was reading it. But uh, I, I was actually opposite of Clay, where I actually liked the one-panel stories because they just go, and they're like Monday, April 12th you know, Tuesday, April 13th, and it just keeps going down the line, and it's a different Batman story, and the reason why I fell in love with the story at the end of it was, one, I, being a big Batman fan, I understood a lot of the references at the end. Not everything is a Batman story. It could be. I guarantee that Tom King has read way more Batman than I have, but I do understand that a lot of these stories are very classic stories from the Golden Age, from the Silver Age, even from the Batman animated series. I don't know if you saw the last... Uh, the last panel clay but that last friday april 23rd panel is actually 
from the, if I'm not mistaken, it is the, uh, oh man, what is the, the name of that title? The freaking one with Harley and Joker in it, where she actually uses Joker's plan and it does it better than him and he gets pissed and he knocks her out of a window. Like, oh yeah. 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 That's where that is from. Nice. And so, and, and I don't know if the very last panel that says Saturday, April 8th, 24th is continuing that, which I don't think it is because they're separate days. But I think that's just a very Batman 66 panel, which is going on there. Uh, but yeah, so I absolutely love this because me and Clay have been talking about it. We've even talked about it on this, on this podcast that DC is currently trying to go with this whole 5G thing. And they're trying to cram 80 years of content in like 60 years. And they're trying to make this crazy timeline. And I've always been under the idea that... One, you can't do that in a realistic way when it comes to comics because comics are always written in the modern time unless you are writing a period piece or something like that. Uh, and I've always said that you have to think about it in a very Doctor Who type way where time is constantly in flux and things can, you know, there are like hardcore points in time that you can't change. You can't change Wonder Woman leaving Themyscira. You can't change Superman falling from the sky. You can't change Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered. Like, those are fixed points in time. They will always happen. But everything else can change. And the timing of things change. And the cool thing about this was it felt like Tom King took 80 years of Batman and made it happen in days and months. And so some of those stories that people loved back in the day, you can say, oh, yeah, that actually happened in one day. Like, you can read it and think about it that way. And I thought that was really awesome, and it was a more clever way to try to add a lot of these old Batman stories into continuity without actually trying to make a physical timeline that people will, go to, will be able to go to read and you know will 100% be dissected by hardcore fans that are like, there's no way this could happen because in this timeline... Tom King just does it in a more, like, loose-leaf way. Which I think is kind of cool. And granted, some people would read those stories that actually happened in this. And they will say that, um, you know, like, that's not impossible because that freaking story actually took three months in that arc or whatever. When, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you have to let go of and say that it just changed over time. So, um, I don't know. I really enjoyed this. And, you know, Tom King or, yeah, Tom King had that one thing with the, the story that Clay was talking about where he says, I'm Batman. When he, that's like in another dimension or something like that. Batman comes back to Earth. Alfred's actually there waiting for him, like with T. And Batman just asks, like, what's next? Like, he's always ready to go. Batman is that one person that gets like two hours of sleep, if even that, a night or whatever. Like, there's been stories of like, oh, he micro sleeps and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's just always interesting to see how determined he is. And I think that's what I've always loved about this character. So. I really enjoyed the the annual. Um, I do kind of agree with your idea that, yeah, it could have been Bruce's diaries easily just because, you know, he does this already. Like, we know he writes this. Batwoman is literally taking that idea from Batman and putting it in the show. So, yeah, that would have been cool, too. But I really don't have, an, like, an issue with it being Alfred's diaries just because I figure Alfred would do something like that anyway. He's always around. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I, I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, I... Uh... You know, reading it more and more, because I did go back to it and read it, um, for me, I think one of the major things with the one-panel things, like I said, was more of the show don't tell, because there was this one panel that I actually talked to you about was the whole thing where Alfred was saying, 
GCPD was attempting to get this man to talk, they called Batman. And then it moved to the very next one. I was like, well, what's after that? Like, okay, they called Batman, but did you get the guy? Did he not crack? You know, did was that a story where Batman didn't get to save anybody? Like, yeah. it, it draws a lot of questions. And, you know, I guess that's good for Tom King because, you know, more people will talk about this book. But... I feel like some of those panels can really fall flat when you leave it open-ended like that. So, you know, it, it it's it's really 50-50 on me, to be completely honest. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like the longer stories. I do like that uh, the one with the... Uh, I forgot what gang he was talking about, but he has the uh, Watchdog. Uh, is it Watchdog? I can't remember or uh who's who's the character know. in freaking Arrow that has oh, the, uh, the yeah 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 I know who you're talking about um I don't know his name uh but it's something dog wild dog wild, wild dog. dog yeah um yeah. they actually made that into a gang I don't know when they did it but uh yeah. that gang actually made an appearance in Green Arrow like in nice. uh like I want to say the early 20s issues of rebirth Mm -hmm. um they made an appearance so i knew immediately when i saw them in batman i was like oh that's that gang that's pretty cool so i like how he is pulling a little bit of continuity from other places and you know i would have wanted to learn a little bit more about the uh the investigations of that charity fight you know Mm-hmm. was it Batman who found out that he beat his wife or was it just something that came out and Batman found out, you know? So, uh, but yeah, like I said, just overall good story. Um, I hope that we get more Batman stories from Tom King, to be honest, you know, with 5G, I don't know how DC, if they are confident in just sticking with their continuity stuff or sprinkling in more non-continuity stuff. Um, like these annuals and like Tom King's Batcat, you know, 12 issue maxi series. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting to see where uh, the Batman. This podcast is gonna be hella interesting when 5G hits. Like, cause I really hope it doesn't become the way you hate freaking Bendis, cause <laughs> that would be a really depressing podcast. Uh, but hopefully we'll have uh, – well, actually, when 5G comes out, we should be getting a lot of Batman news at that point, like movie-wise, and the yeah. game will probably be out. So yeah. we'll probably have a lot of other stuff to talk about. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, episode 12 in the books. So, uh, yeah, this was a very comic-heavy week, and I think next week we're getting actually Batman 82 this time because yes. the annual took the place of it this week. So we'll be talking about uh, the showdown between Batman and Bane finally going to happen in Batman 82. I'm sure we'll be getting some other Batman stuff, a detective and stuff like that maybe. I don't know. It it's it we'll find out cuz things change a lot when these annual weeks come out and some things get pushed back. The holidays are coming up, so that's going to throw off the schedule a little weird too. Um but yeah, it should be really interesting. Uh and I think that's it. I think that's all we got for this podcast. So uh, if you've got to find Clay anywhere, of course, all his stuff is going to be in the description of this video. Or, well, that is for the YouTube audience, but it will be in the description of this podcast as well if you want to go you know, follow his Instagrams or his Twitters or anything like that. Uh, you can always listen to him on the Comic Book Legion podcast, which what are you all talking about this week? This uh, week will basically be the same stuff 
that we are talking about here. But we're also going to be talking about Basket Full of Heads, which is the uh, Hill House Comics uh, uh, issue number one of Basket Full of Heads. Uh, Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son, is the basically the uh, the showrunner of the Hill House Comics at DC. Nice. So uh, he's had a really good run with uh, with indie comics, horror comics. So I I. I'm interested to see what comes out after this basket full of heads because the basket full of heads issue number one was actually pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, I haven't got to read that yet. So if you guys want to hear them talk about other stuff like that, definitely go check out the Comic Book Legion podcast, which should be out when this drops, I would assume, around the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. Uh, of course, you can always follow me on all of my Instagram stuff. That stuff will be in the link in the description as well. Go check out the Juice Reacts channel, uploading videos every single day. Go check that out. Uh, but yeah, as always, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for us. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Fat my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.